Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. It is really good that we don't have cameras in here. Because I was sweating that first hour trying to figure out why the heck I could not talk to Brian Haydad, but... He's here now. Smart people I, prevailed. I swear, if this doesn't work, I'm just going to go play Red Dead for the rest of the day. <laughs> I got a raccoon pelt I need to get my hands on. I've been trying for three days to get this raccoon. I cannot get him. I will go back and try harder. I never thought I'd be so happy to hear you. <laughs> Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you this afternoon. Richard is off getting a little R&R and Rippy is covering the Ole Miss and Louisville game where it's a 2 to nothing game in the top of the fifth. Moving quickly there in Louisville, uh, Ole Miss has their first base runner of the day, uh, but still two outs in the top of the fifth. Whew, hey, Dad. So NFL free agency is about to begin. Hasn't technically begun yet. It's about to begin. And you have this tampering week. Right, where deals are yeah. being made, but they're not allowed to be made, but they're still being made in the NFL. A lot lets of it happen. intents to sign, plans to sign. And our That's hometown team, oh, we can call them the hometown team, right? They're closest to us, close enough, whatever. I, the New Orleans I'm, Saints. I'm down with it. Got two bits of news today, one good and one not so good. I think it's not bad, depending on who you ask. The first, we'll start with the easy one, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, the market is not very good for quarterbacks to begin with, but it reportedly from Jane Slater of NFL.com, Teddy Bridgewater is going to stay in New Orleans instead of taking an offer for more money to go play in Miami. So New Orleans has their backup, and presumably because he decided to stay in New Orleans, he expects to be the guy after the guy when Drew Brees hangs it up, maybe even after this season. That's big news. I, I don't think when, when Bridgewater came to New Orleans, either one of us would have thought he was going to be there another year. I thought the, the way it was set up was just it was just going to be difficult to keep him around with the teams that were going to need quarterbacks. But the quarterback market, like you, you mentioned, very much like the bubble, it's weak. And the Saints have, have sold Bridgewater on their culture, on their ability to, you know, transition from Breeze to him and keep the same amount of success going. So that's huge news for the Saints because basically since the Saints, the Saints won the Super Bowl, say that five times fast, uh, it's been this question of, okay, what happens after Breeze? Now we have the answer. And I especially like this. I mean, unless something goes horribly wrong, right? Um, the Saints will pick somewhere in the 28 to 32 range in next year's draft. And they don't have the capital in picks to trade to go up to get a quarterback. And I mean, I haven't looked thoroughly at next year's draft class, but it's not like outside of Tua, who's going to go, what, number one? There's not just some insane amount of quarterback talent in this upcoming draft now. Uh, well, I don't know if that's true. To, I mean, I'm trying to think. Jake Fromm will be in that class. Um, yeah, but he's not falling to 30. Well, I mean, I don't know if he's not, if he's or not, but th- that, that was part of the reason they talked about, um, about, was it Haskins go ahead and coming out because next year was a little bit stronger with Tua 
with with Fromm. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm trying to think of some other. There, there's some other big name quarterbacks. Your boy Shea Patterson will be in that class. Um, Jalen Hurts. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think Shea Patterson's an NFL quarterback. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. You never know. I mean, he's the same height as Kyler Murray, and his skill set is not anywhere close to Kyler Murray's. That is true. But I, I just like this because now that they can use that late-round pick to go get somebody else. Yeah. They don't have to worry about quarterback anymore, and you've got these teams at the top of the draft. And I mean, Jacksonville just spent $88 million on a backup uh, just because they need a quarterback. In New Orleans now, they don't need one. If, Drew, if this is Drew Brees' last year, you don't have to worry about what's next. It's already there. I, Go ahead. I saw a, uh, I saw a mock draft <coughs> Excuse me, uh, yesterday from Dane Brugler, and he went ahead and drafted the guys who don't have first-round picks. He had Jay Sternberger going to the Saints. What do you think of that? Tight end from Texas A&M. They do need a tight end. They really need a tight end. Because Ben Watson's done. Yeah, I'm... I still would like to see them get another impact linebacker. I think they're good in the secondary. I think they're good on the defensive line. We'll get to running backs here in a second. See, a I wide like receiver Anceloni. or a tight end. I like Alex Anceloni. I think he can be an impact linebacker for them. That draft class is still unbelievable. It's really, really good. I mean, it's a master class in drafting. And speaking of that draft class, Alvin Kamara, uh, he was picked – I mean, was not good enough to start at Tennessee, yet now he's becoming a feature back in the NFL. So news broke earlier today that uh, the Saints have signed a four-year, $14.5 million deal with Latavius Murray, who played for Minnesota. The thing about that is that means Mark Ingram will no longer be a Saint. He was chopping his name around. Some teams are apparently Baltimore is in the mix, giving him up to $8 million. That's double what New Orleans was willing to pay him. And, I mean, for all parties, people were very upset about this today. And how can you let Mark Ingram go? And and Cam Jordan, their defensive end, was on Twitter very upset. But you cannot pay two running backs the kind of money that both of them will demand because Alvin Kamara's rookie deal, what, only lasts two more seasons. So you can't lock yourself in with Mark Ingram when he's 33 at $8 bucks a year and then have to pay Alvin Kamara $8 million bucks a year. You can't have that in your backfield. They had to get a cheaper option. It, it would be financially irresponsible to give Ingram four years and $8 million bucks a year right now. They just couldn't do it. You can't give any running back that unless they are true elite running back. And I'm talking Kamara fits the bill. And not 30 um, years old. Yeah. You know, Saquon Barkley's second contract will be really, really big. But Ingram... As good as he is, and he's been very, very good, I think that's production you can replace. So as a fan, yeah, it stings. I liked him. He was only like 50, 60 yards short of Deuce McAllister's uh, career rushing record as a Saint. In fact, his suspension this year probably took that away from him. But from a business perspective, this is a move that makes sense. Murray has less treads on the tires. He's been very productive in his stops with Minnesota and Oakland. I think he'll be a good fit. But at the end of the day, what this means is this is the Alvin Kamara show now back there in the backfield. Yeah, and him getting more touches, I mean, cannot be a bad thing. People are reacting as if, oh, I'm somebody. Only for Butch Jones. Well, somebody told me that Alvin Kamara is not an every down back. And it's like, what are you watching? 
It was it Butch Jones? <laughs> oh, I, one of his burner accounts. Yeah, one of his burner. But seriously, that guy showed durability. He showed the ability to run in between the tackles and do so effectively. And it helps that he's behind one of, if not the best offensive line in football. He is a great feature back, and now you've got a complimentary back in Latavius Murray who's shown that he is, I mean, he's not a feature back, but you're getting him for $14 million, and he's one of, what, four backs in the country that have scored six touchdowns in a season in the last four years? Yeah. So he's an effective running back that you got for half the price. Yeah, that's smart business for the Saints. That's also a team you talk about what they're going to have to spend money on with what we just learned with Antonio Brown is getting in, in Oakland, Michael Thomas's day is coming soon, and the Saints are going to pay him. They're not going to let him go. Mm-hmm. And reportedly, Des Bryant. Uh, that was We thought that was just a few-game experiment just to give no. Michael Thomas some relief. He might be back in New Orleans this year. We'll see what happens. Roll the dice. I mean, it, they're not paying him big money, so roll the dice, see what happens. If he can give you... If he can be 75% of what he was at his best in Dallas, that's good. That's doable. It's another weapon. Yeah, we'll take that because as long as his personality, as long as he can accept the role as number two, that's what I'm worried about. You talk about Mark Ingram was kind of the glue in that locker room and people are worried about it falling apart. I'm not. At the end of the day, it's the NFL. And it was more than just Mark Ingram that made that team bond well and really like each other. If Des Bryant starts causing problems because he's not the feature receiver, that I'm far more worried about than Mark Ingram not being in that locker room anymore. Yeah, but I I think, you know, and Michael Thomas tweeted something about, I think he said, the culture is contagious. The the Saints, you know, Breeze, Jordan, uh, Max Unger, uh, and, and those guys... I think Demario Davis is one of those guys. They, they, they are locker room guys. They're not going to let a poison happen. They'll cut it out quick. For sure. Let's just hope that they can. If they make this happen, I'm interested to see how he comes back after that Achilles tear as well. But yeah. his athletic ability it has never been denied. It's just his approach and his attitude. But maybe that good locker room culture is going to be the difference for him. Because what he had in Dallas years ago was not the same as what he's going to have right now. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank studio. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you. We'll turn the page to Mississippi State next. Got Ole Miss playing baseball currently, right now, still a 2-0 game in the bottom of the fifth. Let's talk Mississippi State basketball next. I've got a couple questions for Haydad. We'll get to right here. Stick around in the Renaissance Bank studio. A couple of texts here before we get into that Mississippi State question for Hey Dad that I tease. You can text the show as well, 601-879-4395. That's the C Spire text line. But please be safe while you're doing so. Don't text and drive. Get a text from the 662 talking about Lori Laughlin. We'll get into that a little bit later. I haven't gotten a chance to get Hey Dad's response to it. But the, the big breaking story in the sports world and really all of the country today was a big FBI sting. They called it Operation, what did they call it, hey, Dad? Operation Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues, where they arrested or they're going to arrest up to 50 people who used their insane wealth to bribe college coaches to pretend like their kid is a recruit to give them 
easier admission standards to really good schools. And I'm not naming them all. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but you had schools like Southern Cal, UCLA, Stanford, Wake Forest, Texas, named Yale. in this thing. Yale was involved. And as of right now, the FBI, the investigators, don't believe that the schools had any knowledge. This was all a deal between coaches and rich people with dumb kids. And Lori Laughlin, Aunt Becky, was caught up in this thing. She will be arrested. Hasn't yet because she was flying at the time that the arrests were made. She will be arrested because she and her and her husband gave $500,000 to the rowing coach at Southern Cal, allegedly, to pretend that their daughters were recruits for the rowing team, although neither of them actually have rowed. And if you look at their social media accounts, they haven't done anything physical uh, ever in their life. Uh, they are very much the epitome of spoiled millennials. Well, we get a text from did the you, She issued a, a statement, though. Did you see that? No, I didn't. It said, I don't want your life. <laughs> get a text from the 662 that says, the same money that got her in trouble will get her out. Shame on Aunt Becky. What an example to set for her daughters. I think the, the ship has already sailed on that one. Um and the thing is, a lot of these kids didn't know about it. I mean, they have email exchanges. I, of course, it's the FBI. I mean, they thoroughly investigate these kind of things where it's like, please don't tell my kids or let's have them not find out. And it wasn't just money. It was they were finding people to take ACT and SAT tests for them to get them into school as well. So it wasn't even just bribery. It was falsifying test scores and racketeering and a bunch of other stuff. There's a wild story. One of the craziest stories, and and kudos to the, the the reporters on this one because it's they got it. And man, I just did not. As I read it, I, I was one of those stories where you're just like, "What? It, you it can't? What?" It's just over and over again. Just hard to believe. Uh, Tracy, the mailman, uh, talking about the Russell Westbrook story we touched on a little bit earlier, said. All Russell had to do was inform security to have the fan removed. He has to remember that he is a professional athlete no matter what was said. His attention should have been on the game, which was still going on. Fair point. And people had to draw a line, right? That's what sports media does. When something happens, you have to pick a side. You're either on Team Russell or either on Team Fan. No way that you can say they're both wrong. Well, they were both wrong. The fan's an idiot. He said something that if what... Russell and his teammates alleged to be true was a a homophobic slur in the direction of Russell Westbrook. The guy's an idiot. Just because you have a ticket doesn't mean you have a free pass to do something like that, and he's banned for life from jazz games, getting what he deserved. Even still, as you say, Tracy, shouldn't engage that. Doesn't Doesn't excuse engaging that, especially when you know that cameras are on you at all times and you need to be the example and not stoop down to the bottom and he's getting fined 25k for that for whatever that's worth to you. I mean stupidity is it just it's just everywhere. You can't escape it. Definitely not. 3 nothing game now in Oxford or in Oxford, excuse me, in Louisville between Ole Miss and Louisville. Two outs in the bottom of the 5th for Doug Nikhazy. Um we'll start here. Doug from Laurel asks well, it says Laurel, but you wrote from Oxford, so you must have moved recently. Anyway, Doug wants to know, hey, Dad, uh, we'll do Ole Miss here in a bit, but we'll start with Mississippi State. 
returning basketball team for next year. So who is Mississippi State losing, and what do they look like next season? Doug wants to know. Man, it's already, we, the tournament hasn't even started. We're already looking ahead to next year. Hey, I'm giving uh, the people what they ask for. All right. Um, obviously, you lose Q and Eric Holman. Those are your only seniors. Um, Lamar Peters. Uh, I don't know if you saw this this past weekend on Twitter, but Lamar Peters' mom uh, was reacting to some uh, some fans. I think they were not Mississippi State fans, but but she made the comment that she was tired of the abuse Lamar gets on social media and that he would not be back. Now, is that going to be the case or not? I don't know. I know that, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Lamar Peters leaving all season long. And then I don't know that he's an NBA guy, but maybe he's just ready to ply his trade across the, uh, the Atlantic or whatever. I would say it's probably 50, 50 that he comes back. So your big gap there is your point guard because especially if Nick Weatherspoon is not back. And right now I would say 80-20 that he's not back. You don't, have a real, you don't have a real point guard. You know, you have Tyson Carter who can run the point, but he's not a point guard. So that might be a situation where State has to drip, dip into the grad transfer market, market and, and try to find somebody there to fill in. But then beyond that, you're relatively strong. You've got Tyson Carter. You've got... Uh, Robert Woodard probably at the three, Reggie Perry at the four, Abdullah do at the five. You redshirted DJ Stewart, who's going to come in and and give you some some sort of similar to what Tyson Carter gives you, I think, right now a a, a, a good three point shooter. You've got Prince Adoro, who is a transfer from Siena, who, who had he was not a grad transfer, so he sat out the year. He'll be eligible next season. He's a wing. He can play, you know, three four. Um. And then you've got you know, the, the freshmen coming in, pretty solid recruiting class. Not, not, not a spectacular recruiting class, but, but solid. But the big question mark is if Lamar Peters leaves early, what does State do at the point guard position? I think they have to go after a transfer. I said earlier in the show that Reggie Perry, Mississippi State's in, lo- in danger of losing Reggie Perry after next season to the NBA. You agree? Yes. Yes. And I, I heard I, – I was – during our technical difficulties, I could hear you, and <laughs> you said that you don't think it's an issue this year. I don't either, but you know that March is the time where if somebody makes a, an incredible run, and let's say State beats Tennessee on Friday, you know they get to, they get to Saturday, and Perry's putting up double doubles, and then they somehow they get into the Sweet Sixteen, and Perry's putting up double doubles. There's going to be some thoughts for him to to go. I think he'll be back for one more season, but beyond that, no. I think two years is all you're getting out of Reggie Perry. That kid is probably good enough to go now. He's got the talent. If Daniel Gafford is good enough to play in the NBA next year, Reggie Perry's good enough to play in the NBA next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Perry's a future pro, and he'll be a good pro. He just he needs to get a little more consistent on his, his mid-range game, and, and you know he'll put up a three-pointer every now and then. If he adds that to his game... He's going to be a, 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 a tough guy to stop at the next level. Get a question here from the 662. Do we have any more information on Nick Weatherspoon? We mentioned that chances are 80-20 that he won't come back. Has, has he missed anything? No, I think as far as, as we know, yeah. hey, Dad, you were, you were with Ben Howland today. Yeah. There's no update, and the expectations for him to play is probably small, right? Here is the update. There is no update. It's about right. I mean, we've asked him every week, and we tried to switch it up on him. Last week, Michael, we said, do you anticipate a resolution? Still, 
No comment. That's a good so, question. That's a good way to word it. We tried. We tried to make him. You know, I'm not saying we tried to trip him up. I'm just trying to you know make him answer it differently. But the man would not be trapped, and he uh, he just he's, they're going to stick with their original statement. The the I mean I get he's still practicing. He's still if on he's campus. still practicing and still yeah. going to class and stuff. I'm yeah. They're so at least not, trying that, behind that, that closed hope doors. That this was going to be resolved. So I don't know. I don't know. But I mean. Whatever kind of improprieties were involved here, it doesn't seem like it should take five weeks to clear up. One way or the other, you should have a decision. Either he's back or he's gone. It doesn't seem like it should take this long. The fact that it's taking this long, I don't know what to make of that. But Yeah, it, because it shouldn't take this long, one way or the other. The, the people hanging this over his head, whoever it may be, whether it's Mississippi State or, or the NCAA, I don't know. I have no idea. Who, whoever is waiting to make this decision, I mean, you would think they need to go ahead and do it. You would think? I mean, when has the NCAA ever done things in an expeditious manner? <laughs> they've got a huge mess on their hands now because they've got college basketball. They've got bigger issues now. With coaches and wiretaps and... Money and now they've got every other sport imaginable rowing and volleyball and all kinds of stuff who are making fake recruits to get kids into school. Coaches getting fired everywhere. It's a mess. Good luck sorting all that out. More coming up at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Five o'clock hour on a Tuesday, Sports Talk Mississippi streaming live at supertalk.fm. Sports Talk is brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you this afternoon. In case you've been working all day, if you've been away from your computer, or if you're like Luke Johnson and been out in the middle of nowhere, unable to be near a phone, you missed... One of the more bizarre stories you ever heard. Hey, Dad, when you read this, and I'm going to give you a full synopsis for those of you listening and you don't know what I'm talking about. The intersectionality between sports and very wealthy people and academic fraud and the FBI has all converged into one wild story that centers around Aunt Becky. I can't help but laugh. Like, ha. How do we get here? Just the most random. Explain it so we can start talking about it. Okay, I'm going to explain it in a second, but I'm going to explain it while this is playing. As you should. So the FBI and federal prosecutors in Boston have charged 50 people, including several university athletic coaches and administrators of college entrance exams in a nationwide in a nationwide college admissions cheating and recruitment scheme according to court documents that were unsealed a little bit earlier today arrests have been made throughout the day so far according to the indictment the scheme worked to help prospective students cheat on college entrance exams or pose as a fake recruit to get admitted to high-profile universities with bribes up to six million dollars the scheme allegedly facilitated admittance for some students as athletes, regardless of their academic or athletic abilities. Lori Laughlin has two daughters. Both of them pretended to be rowing recruits. Yes, rowing. 
to get admitted into Southern Cal. Lori Laughlin, if you don't know, is Aunt Becky from the show Full House. That's the theme song for whatever it's worth. So it wasn't just posing as fake recruits. Parents allegedly paid a man in California a predetermined amount of money, which he would then steer to either an SAT or ACT test administrator or a college athletic coach. Coaches would then help those non-recruits get into a school by saying that they were, in fact, recruits. Most of the students allegedly admitted under those false pretenses, did not know that this was going on. So the students allegedly did not know that their parents were bribing people to get them into school, and the schools allegedly did not know. So this is in between the parents and the people that facilitated the bribes and the coaches that accepted those bribes. I hope I explained that well. Thanks, to Sports Illustrated for a little help with that. But basically, parents, lots of money, coaches, help me get my kid into school. And it cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Um, there's another actress involved. Her name was Facility Huffman. She Felicity. Was Felicity. Facility. <laughs> Facility. <laughs> what kind of a name is Facility? <laughs> Well, well, that's her middle she, name. She was conceived on the 50-yard line of the IPF in Oxford, so we named yeah. her facility. Her first name is Indoor Practice. <laughs> Felicity Hoffman of Desperate Housewives and Lori Laughlin of Full House were the two actresses that were involved in this thing. It's an ABC-centric scandal. Nobody from NBC or CBS is involved few other names that may stand out to you. So among the coaches, Stanford's sailing coach, Yale's women's soccer coach, Georgetown tennis coach, Texas men's tennis coach, UCLA men's soccer coach, Wake Forest volleyball coach, and more even. Members of the staff of University of Southern California, they let a fake long snapper get into school there. He was 140 pounds. I mean, it happens. A water polo coach. They've been charged with conspiracy to commit mail fraud. They've been charged with racketeering, bribery, the works. 50 Did you people. see the tweet from, uh, from the Lori Laughlin's daughter? Basically where she said, and this was, I guess, before she got into school, that she was only going to school for the game day stuff and to be in a sorority. She didn't really care about going to class. So all this work. <laughs> and then the, she evidently she's like one of these Instagram influencers. So she took uh, a picture of her dorm room and said, thanks to Amazon Prime or whatever for setting all this up. And they paid her. So she is a student athlete who was able to use her name, image, and likeness <laughs> to profit. So some of the schools in, involved in this, this scheme has been running since 2011 and still running to this day, are Georgetown, Stanford, UCLA, the University of San Diego, Southern Cal, Texas, Wake Forest, and Yale. One student allegedly posed as a University of Southern California lacrosse recruit 
despite the fact that the Trojans don't have a lacrosse team and he still got into school. Maybe they need a lacrosse team. And I mean, reading through this indictment, I read about an hour's worth of it today, and some of it is just hilarious. Like Lori Laughlin's parent, or her and her husband, apparently were willing to do anything to not send her daughter to their daughter to Arizona State. They didn't consider Arizona State. They didn't want her there. That's why they paid five hundred thousand dollars to a coach to falsify that they were rowing recruits. You should always want to go to Arizona State. Well, especially if she's got that kind of mindset. I mean, just. This is just, this is a a fantastic example of the disconnect in reality between the really, really rich and the rest of us. Quinn says, next thing you know, Alf will get busted for insider trading. (laughs) We had a text from the 662 that said, did she have an oar on her wall? The funny part about that is these people went to lay, I mean, they, they had to at least make themselves appear to be athlete recruits. So Lori Laughlin's daughters, for example, posed for social media pictures on rowing machines. Yes. To pretend that they were training to be on the rowing team. Well, they, this lacrosse player. pictures of my kid shooting baskets in the backyard. Coach Schaefer, we're coming. <laughs> I mean, you got 500K to make it happen? I think my kid can get into Mississippi State. Just call me crazy. <laughs> I don't know about a basketball scholarship. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she can go to any state school in the, in this state. Well, what doesn't make any sense to me is could you not have just called up the dean and said, hey, look, my daughter's an idiot, but I'll give you $500,000 to go to yes. whatever scholarship fund or, or whatever, and you'll admit her me, for I mean, four years. USC has a big-time acting school. Lori Laughlin could have just probably donated $100,000. And they would have they've been cool with it. I mean, there is one case where somebody gave in this bribery scheme one point six million to get their kid into school. And another one paid it was like four hundred thousand dollars and their kid still didn't get into school and the person that gave the money said, Oh no, no, not a big deal. Just save that money for when my next kid comes up and you can try again then. I want to give a shout out to whoever this guy is. The, the, the salesman, the con man in this, because he is good at his job. He, he found a area where an entrepreneur could thrive, and he made the best of it. And then, now, my guess is he's flipped, so he's not going to do any jail time. Best of both worlds. Lori, and Becky's going to do some jail time. <laughs> I always thought it would be uh, Jesse that went to jail on that show, and but it's going to be Aunt Becky. The funniest – here's from Shutdown Fullcast, a really funny podcast done by SB Nation. Here's a question for you. Text us, 601-879-4395. The funniest college sports team to buy your kid on a, a spot on would be blank. The funniest college sports team to buy your kid – a spot on would be blank. Do any colleges have like full scholarship esports teams? Your kid yeah, shows up and yeah, doesn't know actually, how to play. Yes. Doesn't know how to play Fortnite. Just <laughs> there's one it's like already. It's like I play My Little Pony, Paradise Princess. Like what? 
the Art Institute of Chicago's basketball team. <laughs> I saw somebody, you know, Texas A&M has a meat judging team. Maybe that's the one. More on this coming up at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Text us, 601-879-4395. Would love to hear from you this afternoon. Back in a bit. Or to the bottom of the eighth in, in Louisville. It's a 3-3 game between Ole Miss and the Cardinals. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming live at supertalk.fm. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you this afternoon. Continuing on this story, it's just wild. And because there are seven separate indictments and 49 different people getting arrested, it's hard to unpack it all. A little more context to the situation. The guy at the middle of this, his name is William Singer. So he was the middleman between... The parents, the very rich people that wanted to get their dumb kids into college. Half of it was bribing coaches to pretend like these kids are recruits to get them lower academic standards to get in school. The other half was SAT and ACT tests. William Singer uh, would accept between $15,000 and $75,000 per test to get somebody to take the SAT or ACT for their children. The actress Felicity, not Facility, Felicity Huffman uh, allegedly paid 15K to have a fake proctor correct her daughter's SAT answers, and Lori Laughlin and and her husband allegedly paid 500K to have their two daughters designated as Southern Cal rowing recruits, even though neither of them actually rowed. William Singer, Rick, as he goes by, will plead guilty in Boston at some point today. Three people who organized the scheme are also being charged. Two test administrators, one proctor, one college administrator, nine coaches, 33 parents, and prosecutors are calling it Operation Varsity Blues. Uh, Singer is... Oh, he did plead guilty today to racketeering conspiracy, money laundering conspiracy, conspiracy to defraud the United States government, and obstruction of justice. He faces 65 years in prison. Oh, never mind then. Not uh, as much of a genius as we initially thought. Well, he made it work for a while. You know, it's just how much can you get out of it? So back to the question, because a few of your texts have come in, and and I'm enjoying the heck out of these responses. The funniest college sports team to buy your kid on or buy your kid a spot on. A few of the responses I've seen so far, just Rutgers football. <laughs> Don't you have to, I would pay, they would have to pay me to be on that team. LSU cross-country skiing. <laughs> Fan boat racing. BYU beer pong. <laughs> These are great. Somebody tweets a picture of a Yale Taekwondo shirt. So that's a real thing. Sure. Texas A&M co-ed cheerleading. Oh. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Quidditch. Arizona State debate team. LSU has a Quidditch team. Oh, people actually do that now, don't they? Yeah, well, I mean, you say now. I mean, it's Harry Potter's not what it used to be, but like 10 years ago, yeah. There were a lot of college Quidditch teams. The Ole Miss snorkeling team, underwater basket weaving at Harvard. Hawaii curling team. 
Hawaii hockey team. That, that's a good one there. The Cross Stitch Club at Notre Dame. Alaska Anchorage Beach Volleyball. <laughs> I mean, reading through this indictment is so funny because they include the email conversations in there, and part of it is like, well, our kid doesn't actually play football, but his brother does. And the response is, oh, yeah, a picture of his brother will be just fine. That's all we need. The 145-pound long snapper got into Southern Cal because of a picture of his brother, and that's it. Think, that's the one that gets me. Think about how much attention is paid to recruiting. Websites dedicated to it. There are, there are fans that could tell you everything you want to know about their recruiting class. And this slipped under the radar of somebody in compliance. That's crazy. How does that that's why People, how does people that are losing their jobs all over the country today because of this. And we get a tweet to the show from Anthony that says they give out scholarships for all that and yet can only give 11.7 scholarships for baseball. Generally, I would agree with you. The thing that made this scheme work so well is that some of these sports, it it was like invited walk-ons. So it was, they're going to come row for us, not on scholarship, but please get... the, The coach would work with the school and say, hey, I want this kid to come row for me. Please give them lenient standards so they can get in. And then once they get in, the coach decides, well, they're not good enough to make my team, and they get cut, but they're still in school. They're still in college. Right. So, And that's why they would pick obscure sports. That's why they would pick rowing and and volleyball and and stuff like that. A bunch of stuff that would be featured on the Ocho. Right. Things that fly completely under the radar – and so Lori Laughlin's kids who aren't athletic, who are Instagram stars instead of actually being rowers, can get away with having a picture or two of them training, and that's all the oversight they need to get them lower academic standards and get them into college. There you go. MT Boss says, you're assuming actors and actresses have brains or common sense, but it's not just actresses that did this. I mean, these, these are business people, millionaires, really rich people that, I mean, I know some people fall into great money, but a lot of people, the majority of people that are in the highest tax bracket in this country, for example, are self-made. We're not born into that kind of wealth. Most wealthy people in this country. You mean like Kylie Jenner? Yeah, (laughs) like Kylie Jenner, totally self-made. But most people in this country that have wealth earned it and did not start in it. That's that's an absolute fact. So these are people that made their money the hard way, and yet they have a dumb kid and are paying a million bucks to get a proctor to take a test for them instead of just donating it to the school and getting the kid in that way, or just send the dumb kid to a dumb school. Like Arizona State. Yeah. Like Arizona State, which the, would be a lot your, of fun to go to. The original point was correct, which was there was an easier and less illegal way to do this. And I don't understand why. I guess they wanted to give the illusion because let's say Lori Laughlin had donated $100,000 and then her kids accepted. That's, that's going to be the stigma, right? Well, she got in because her mom donated this money. By doing it under the table, I guess, you just think they got in. Oh, yeah. I did it. Keeping but up still. appearances. But still. Mississippi State bobsledding team. LSU fencing. LSU fencing is done with a switchblade. Dartmouth Rodeo. 
We get a text here. A bunch of Ivy League kids trying to hold on for eight seconds. Victimless crime. Who got hurt? Well, well the, I mean, the schools were defrauded. The schools were defrauded. Plus, I mean, those schools only take in so many kids a year, so some deserving kid probably lost out. Yeah, I, this is to me, it's a little bit different than the FBI college basketball scandal. Yeah. Because this is the kids getting money for just being good at sports. It's kind of the opposite. Um, so the schools would be one that the standardized tests themselves are being defrauded because you have proctors and, and uh, people posing as somebody else in order to take their standardized test. I, I guess those would be your two victims. I guess. I don't know. It's, just, it's more humorous than anything else. Yeah, it's hilarious to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we are going to be treated to a video of Aunt Becky doing the perp walk <laughs> later today. The heartthrob of the 90s is going to prison, man. I mean, her, her and um, Kelly from Saved by the Bell. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's two different things. Oh, yeah. But the, those Aunt two. Aunt Becky's a little older. But those two were just. Well, yeah. The women. Of the 90s. They're, they're, they're in the top five. Top ten, maybe. LSU fencing Kelly's uses barbed wire. One. What now? LSU fencing uses barbed wire. <laughs> it's, it's just a barbed wire wrap two-by-four like Mick Foley would use. The University of Oklahoma hand-grabbing team. That might actually be a sport in Oklahoma. Probably. They, they, they get those big catfish up there. We've got rifle teams here. I mean, that, that's actually well, a sport. A rifle I, mean, team. I mean, that's sporting. That's a real sport, but... Yeah. And you've got that ran, that kind of random stuff. I mean, the Stanford sailing team is caught up in this thing. Sailing, take me away. Nice. And they, they are taking the them away to jail. Rock. They're sailing right to their prison cell. Oh. Oh, man. New Bracketology is out. We'll get to that next. Andy Katz has a, a brand new bracket. And since I figure either he or Joe Lenardi, but Andy Katz works for the NCAA. So if anybody has a grasp on what they're thinking going into Selection Sunday, it's probably the guy that works for the organization doing the seating. So we'll get to that next. Where does Ole Miss and Mississippi State fall in the latest Bracketology entering the SEC tournament? That's next at Sports Talk in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Going from one wild story to the next at Sports Talk Mississippi, Michael Borky, Brian Adad with you. This one's significantly less shocking, but still a college football story that, if true, is pretty bad in Kansas. So former Kansas head coach David Beatty has filed a lawsuit against Kansas Kansas Athletics Incorporated, their athletic department, alleging breach of contract and unpaid wages of $3 million owed to him after he was fired back in November 2018. He was given a multi-year contract, and when he was fired in November, he still had years left on that contract. Jeff Long emphasized publicly, privately, and in writing, according to BD's attorney, that the termination was without cause, so just because they weren't winning football games, and the contract would be paid out in full. 
$3 million left on that contract. Based on those promises, Beattie agreed to remain at Kansas and finish out the season, but um, according to a new lawsuit, Kansas officials allegedly immediately began discussing what it would take to avoid paying out that $3 million, emphasizing they needed to find something on Beattie, such as, and I quote, a dead hooker in his closet, end quote, according to the lawsuit. This was just filed. This just came across the newswire. I mean, it just never ends. You fired the guy. You got to pay him. I wonder if old Jeff Long saw what happened in Oxford and, hey, maybe if we can scale the phone records, we can find something and save us some money. Now, Ole Miss was able to save $16 million instead of three by firing Hugh Freeze the way that worked out. And what is $3 million to Kansas? They make that in a night in basketball. I mean, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's what the lawsuit said. They're looking for anything, and he wants that $3 million. They haven't paid it yet. So, controversy brewing in college football right now in Les Miles' new home. Imagine that, less miles and controversy. Will you watch any Kansas football because of him? No, because his, he doesn't coach an exciting brand of football. I mean, I know he's – I forget who he hired as the offensive coordinator, but and we, but when it happened, we were like, that's interesting. But I, I just don't feel he'll give up the control and they'll still be the same power-running team you've always seen in the past, but without the talent to pull it off. And defensively, they'll be terrible and they'll still lose games. And no, I'm not interested. I mean, he had a boring offense with Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry on the same team. Yeah. Imagine that for a second. If you think Ole Miss underproduced with their wide receiver core last year, which, by the way, they did, but if you think they did, look at some of those LSU teams and that wide receiver talent. Ugh. And the defensive talent to go with. So... Let's turn the page over to Hoops. Andy Katz has his new bracketology out. The one seeds are Gonzaga, Duke, Virginia, and Kentucky. So he's still giving Duke a one seed, even though the selection committee, the, the chairman of the selection committee did say that if Zion does not look healthy, they will reevaluate Duke getting a one seed. If he doesn't come back at all, they may not give them a one seed. Andy Katz still has them there. That's surprising. Maybe he knows something we don't. Maybe he knows that Zion's going to be okay might have those connections to, to make that uh, assumption. But that said, I got two issues with this bracket, and they both involve the Mississippi teams. Uh, for State and Ole Miss, he has rematches in the first round for both of them. Mississippi State, Arizona State, Ole Miss, Iowa State. I was under the impression that they don't do rematches in the first round. They try to avoid them, don't they? Well, I mean, that seems pretty easy to avoid. He's got Arizona State as a 10 seed. Pick another 10 seed. Uh, The other 10 seed uh, here, Utah State, Seton Hall, Minnesota. Done. Switch one of them. Same with the other way. Iowa State is an 8 seed. Louisville, UCF, Syracuse. Switch one of them. Done. I know UCF has a massive center, but if you're Ole Miss and, Fall. and you're looking at the eight seeds, you want to see UCF instead of Iowa State or Louisville, don't well, you? Iowa State's already beaten you badly. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want any part of that. 
So the two seeds in this bracket, according to Andy Katz, LSU getting a two seed even without Will Wade and potentially without one of their players. Michigan State, Tennessee, and North Carolina. Your threes, Texas Tech, Houston, Purdue, and Michigan State. Mississippi State, if this bracket holds true, would be opposite Texas Tech. So if they were to beat Arizona State, which, as Haydad mentioned, probably not going to happen to begin with. Uh, If they were to win that game, though, Texas Tech, across the board in bracketology, appears to be the number three that Mississippi State will see if all of these brackets hold true. They would keep ripping an eye in the South, at least. State would go into Jacksonville, and uh, Ole Miss would be headed to uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah, Ole Miss is a nine seed, as Haydad said, across from Iowa State. They will be opposite number one Duke. And I'll tell you what, though. If you're going to play number one, you want to play Duke without Zion. Yeah, assuming that's the case. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're going to get a number one seed, please, please let me get Duke without Zion Williamson. Hey, I'm, and they still have two top five picks on that team, but they haven't looked anywhere close to being the same without him. No. I mean, sometimes there, there are good players, there are great players, and then there's that next level guy. Barrett and Reddish are great players. But Williamson is that next-level guy, and he's what makes that team go. Clay Travis threw out the theory that he thinks that Duke knows that he's not going to play and are not making an announcement because they want to get a one seed. Do you buy into that? No, I don't. It does make sense, though. I mean, I guess. I just can't believe a coach is reputable and honorable. No, no, never mind. Not, <laughs> Not the honorable Mike Shashevsky would never do Where's something Richard? like that. Richard? Coach Krakuski. <laughs> other tennis or other Tennessee teams, other SEC teams in this bracket. By the way, Wofford, seven seed. So they won the SOCON. They were getting in anyway. That Wofford team that Mississippi State beat the other day, or the other day. The other day. A few months ago, early yeah. in the season. That's a quadrant one home win for Mississippi State. That's how good Wofford has been this year. Do you know the last time Wofford lost? Mississippi State, right? It was to Mississippi State. And that was Back in December. December. Yeah. I mean, they ran through the Southern Conference, which is a good league. Uh, LSU as a two, Tennessee as a two, as I mentioned. Mississippi State a seven. You've... If this bracket holds, I'm calling Wofford over LSU. Oh, I'm all in on that, too. I'll ride that train with you. Auburn would be a six seed. You have Florida as a number 12. Ole Miss a nine. And Kentucky a one. So Alabama, according to this bracket, just on the outside looking in. And Florida barely hanging on. He has Florida in one of the first four games against Indiana. So not, not, not locked in to the tournament. Yeah, they've got to go win. They play Arkansas in game one tomorrow, or Thursday, right? Uh, I believe that's correct, yeah. Yeah, they got to win that one. And yeah. Arkansas may feel like with a little bit of a run, they've got a shot. And they've got a path to do it, get too. If to Friday, they would have a chance. Do you think Arkansas has a shot in this thing? I think Auburn's got the easiest uh, path. It'll be to Auburn. The, to the tournament championship? Yeah, Auburn and Kentucky in the SEC tournament championship. I think – so you think Tennessee is going to beat – or you think Kentucky is going to beat Tennessee? I think so. Down there in 
Catville. Cash, Catchville. I can't say it. Uh, but, I mean, Tennessee will have a big crowd there, too. That'll be, like like you said. It'll be like 50-50, like a bowl game yeah. atmosphere. I don't know. I don't know. If, that's a coin flip to me. Just really like Auburn's path. Yeah. Well, and then Mississippi State can be a sleeper, too. I mean, if they get what they got from Lamar Peters on Saturday. It's going to be tough to beat Tennessee. With the seven-man rotation playing that many games in a row, also difficult. But, yeah. Asked Howland about that today, and his comment was, if, if we're lucky enough to play four games in four days, I'm sure our guys will find the, uh, the energy. Even if you get to Sunday and lose, you still feel really good about your oh, team. At that point, you might be a five seed. You might jump up. Yeah, but do you want to be the 12-5? Let me see here. If this bracket were accurate, uh, I wouldn't mind playing Hofstra. I wouldn't mind playing uh, the winner of NC State, Ohio State. I wouldn't mind playing the winner of Florida, Indiana. And I wouldn't mind. Pl- I wouldn't want to play. Is that? Am I reading that right? I wouldn't want to play Murray State. Oh no! I'm not with John Morant or Morant. No. That's the twelve. There's another one. Upset special. Got extra innings in Louisville right now. Ole Miss and the Cardinals tied at three in the top of the tenth. We'll give you an update on that when we come back. And our final thoughts on this Tuesday at Sports Talk in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.